Today we find ourselves in the Gospel of Mark, the first chapter, the 14th verse through the 20th verse. Hear these words. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting nets into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come and follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fisher of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called unto them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God as I speak. May you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I was in a foreign land, standing on foreign soil, looking at a body of water I had never seen before. I had heard talk of it and I had researched where I was going, but I'd never dreamed the enormity of the Congo River. When you look across the Congo River, it goes on for stretches and stretches. And you hear about a river and and being from the panhandle, our rivers are as wide as this room. But the Congo, it's as wide as this city. It may be even wider than that. It's huge. And you look across there and I have a picture in my office of one sunset when I'm sitting on the bank of the Congo River. And I'm watching this big what we call the monster cloud in the sky at sunset. And along the middle of the Congo River were two fishermen standing in their carved out log. They called it a boat. It was an eight foot log that had been carved out and they had tall wooden paddles and they were paddling going down the Congo River. And I thought to myself, what an enormous body of water for two simple human beings to have to find their food. How do we do that? How do, how do they make a living? How do, how do they in their little meek boat, how do they with their nets find what it is they need to sus- find sustenance in their life? And as I sat there, I saw him coming from afar. Big grin on his face. He was part of my party who was in a foreign land. He was from part of the Texas panhandle that I was from. And he came bebopping down there. And I had noticed something about him when we checked our bags at the airport that strapped to his backpack. We were allowed one backpack that could weigh 50 pounds. And strapped to the side of his backpack were fishing poles. Now, we were going to do missionary work. 
to build relationships, to reestablish brothers and sisters in Christ and get in connection with the church again in the Congo. And my brother had fishing poles on his backpack. And I saw him coming from afar. He's a charismatic man and he had a big smile on his face and he's a little older than I am. And he said to me, Barry, let's go fishing. I had prepared myself on this trip to serve others. And I'm not knocking my friend, but he had one thing he wanted to catch. He had one thing he wanted to catch while he was in the Congo River. A tiger fish. Have you ever seen a tiger fish? I own a German shepherd. My German shepherd's mouth is not even fierce compared to a tiger fish. A tiger fish has teeth that are this long and they look like dogs incisors. And there's about mm, 80 of them. Not really, but there's about 80 of them. I have no urge in my humanly body to catch a tiger fish. I am a fisherman to the core. I have no urge in my human body to catch or ever handle a tiger fish. But there it was. Right in front of me. He had talked to our host. He had arranged a boat to go out on. And he had intended to include me with an invitation to go and catch something I wanted no part of. We find ourselves in the gospel today with Jesus beginning his ministry after his good friend, his cousin, after John the Baptist has been beheaded by Herod. All of a sudden, it is Kairos. Do you know what Kairos is? There are two types of time in the world. One of them is Kronos, and that's chronological time, like the calendar and the clocks that we live by. Kairos is God's time. That specific moment when God chooses to act. Or I love how one of my scholars says it. He says, when God passes by. The scripture today is a moment about God passing by. He passes by on the Sea of Galilee, the Lake of Galilee, where fishermen are fishing. And he has something to say. Repent, because the time is near. The kairos is God's time when God's kingdom will be here on earth. God's kingdom will be on earth. It's a time when God passes by to say, guess what? The reign of God, the reign of God is near. In this very time. Grab hold of this moment. It's now or never for those that God's passing by. Come into the moment. Embrace the moment, the kairos of God passing by because God's reign, not ruling, not authority, but God's reign, God's love for all of humanity. The plan of God is at hand. Can you imagine being a part of that moment? I remember thinking when my friend was walking down the beach, he's going to ask me to go fish. And he's going to go ask me because he had talked about it all the way over. We stopped in Belgium on, an over, on a layover and we were there for a couple hours. And you know what he was in my ear about? Man, we're going to catch some big tiger fish. Man, I brought you some heavy gear. I bought all the stuff we're supposed to. I did all the research. I mean, I've been dreading it for days. 
dreading it for days for that time when I knew my friend would come by me. And he would say to me, we've got some free time. Let's go fish. Dude, I don't want anything to do with that. But I'm the kind of person, I, I probably won't tell you no. I'm not real good at telling people no when they're inviting me to go do something I don't really want to do. We talked about excuses a couple of weeks ago. I can find some of those, but I don't like to. But the time was at hand. And Jesus had, had made a decision. God had moved Jesus to the point of where a godly time was at hand to announce the reign of God. It's beginning. It's starting to happen. Here he comes walking down the beach and he's carrying the equipment you're going to need and he's going to offer it to you and you have to make a decision. He's going to come to you, Barry, and he's going to say to you, let's go fish. You're a person from West Texas. You're raised to be hospitable, to be kind, to be open to people. And you got to make a decision. Jesus came proclaiming that God was near. It's what he does in our lives every day. We have opportunities when God reveals God's self and God passes by. Can you recount a time in your life when maybe God has passed by and you stood back and watched? Let me give you a hint. You have little things in your arms that will raise the hair on your arms. Have you ever had your hair stand up on your arms in a moment of life? God passed by. My secretary in Amarillo, she used to call those God bumps. She would go, oh, look, God bumps. And we knew that God had passed by. Every day in our lives, every day in our lives, we have an opportunity to hear the words of God that say, repent. The kingdom of God is near. Now, I want you to view this because we're viewing it from a different perspective than those Jesus was speaking to. We're, we're viewing this whole story from a post-Easter perspective, right? I mean, we know the end of the story. Why do you watch your favorite movie time and time again? Because you know how it ends. And you like the way it ends. Envision. Envision, if you will, just for a moment, the Messiah coming to you and saying, the time is now, and you don't know the ending. You've heard the ending, but the ending hasn't happened. The biggest part of the story hasn't happened. You're just a part of the plot going along. And the main actor comes to you and says, come be a part of the story. Come, come go fish, come go with me because God is present and God's about to do a big thing. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do when God reveals God's self to you in your life? How do you respond to that? It defines who you are. How you respond to that defines who you are. God comes near because God wants us to know that God loves us. God sent us the Christ in Jesus so that God would not have a relationship with us, so that we would understand that God understands what it means to be human. God could have worked in other ways. 
But we have Jesus an example that God knows what God created in humanity. There is not a moment in your life that you can go through that God doesn't know what that moment's like. God knew the anxiety in me that day. It should be peaceful. You're watching the quiet waters of the Congo River. You're seeing country you've never seen before. You're in a place you never dreamed God would take you. I always laugh. My dad was in in, uh, ministry on the side. He was never professionally in ministry, but he served the church in great ways. And he said, Barry, the one thing I don't ever want to do is go to Africa. I said, that's okay, Dad. God sent me instead of you. He sent your son instead of you. So I got to go to Africa. And let me tell you, I'll go back tomorrow. I'll go back tomorrow. Because the experiences I had there in encountering God in humanity were huge. The attitude's completely different. People are completely different over there. Their view of God's completely different. And I'll go tomorrow if I get the invitation. But the purpose of the message is that God made God's self present. And God knew the anxiety I was going through as this friend of mine was coming close. How do you feel when God comes close? When God comes right up next to you and says, you know what? There's somebody over here or there's a place I need you to be. Or could you open your heart to these people? Or you know what? I see you grieving and I just want to hold you. What about when God moves in those moments in your life? I see you hurting. I understand your relationship. I understand your children. I understand what it means. There's no place you've been that God hasn't. And God comes in those moments and says the time is at hand. And God calls us. God calls us into relationship. Simon and Andrew, fishing in a boat. What they do for a living. Please hear that. It was their profession. They were not poor, they were not rich. They had employees. They had a business. They had families. They knew all what middle-class America is all about. They knew what it's like to work for a living. But they also knew what it's like to reap from their work. They knew what it's like to have children and a wife. They knew what it's like to run a business. And God came near. And God said, hey, Come follow me. I'll make you fish for things you've never dreamed of fishing for. People. I'll make you fish for things you've never dreamed of fishing for. For people. You see, technically in the biblical times, fishing was an analogy to teaching. So what Jesus was really calling them to do is come and I'll teach you to teach. I'll teach you to show people what it means to be in relationship with God. He was calling them alongside of him, much like God called the prophets, not so much like the the rabbi who found his disciples. It was a completely different level of calling for these guys. And God moved in their way. God came near to them. They were doing their, think about it. They were doing their everyday ordinary job. You ever do that? Get up every day, do your workout, eat your breakfast, go to work, whatever life calls of you that day. Your routine. Anybody have routines in here? 
in the midst of the mundane day, God came near. God came near proclaiming that you need to change who you are because God's kingdom is hand, and you particularly are invited to come and follow me. Can you imagine how they felt? Their livelihood is in their boats. Their livelihood is in their nets. Their livelihood is supervising their employees. Their livelihood is making sure they go home to their families at night. Their livelihood is all about them and what they're doing. And God moves in their lives and says, hey, I've got something different for you. Repent. Repent. You know what repentance means? You change. Because when we ask forgiveness from God, for forgiveness from God, we're asking for something where we violated our relationship with God, period. Doesn't matter what it is. You have violated your relationship with God. You are no longer under your understanding in good relationship with God. So what you do is you seek forgiveness. God, forgive me, right? I'm sorry. How many of y'all know how to say that word? I'm sorry. We get on our knees, our, our guilt gets to us, and we say to God, I'm sorry. And God says, repent. Change who you are. Peter and Andrew, brothers, change who you are and come and follow me. Change who you are and come and follow me. Quit being fishermen of fish and come and follow me and I'll teach you to fish for people. I'll teach you to catch that tiger fish. Do you know what it's like to fish for people? Any of y'all in the people business? If you're in the people business, you know what it's like to fish for people because you all have customers, right? And number one in retail, the number one rule is the customer is always right, right? And Jesus says, come and follow me and I'll teach you how to offer a relationship with God to people so that they will accept it. You think your job's hard? How do you think Peter and Andrew felt? Do you think they went over their inventory of boats? Do you think they went over their inventory of nets? Did they think about the numer numerous employees they were responsible for? Did they think about their families? And The text says they laid down their nets immediately and followed him. God comes by. And God calls out to us and says, come and follow me. Come and follow me. He did the same thing. He walked a little further after Peter and Andrew, Simon and Andrew went with him. And, and he saw the two brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, a family fishing business again. And he says, come and follow me. And what do they do? They didn't go ask their dad. They laid down their nets. They left the family. They changed who they were and they became who it was God was calling them to be. Do you understand what I'm saying God's calling us to? God comes by not to leave us where we are, but to pick us up and invite us into a relationship that changes us so that we can help other people change their lives in relationship with God. God does not expect to leave you where God found you. God expects to meet you where you are, ask for your forgiveness and your repentance, and move you to the place where God wants you to be. 
You see, God didn't create you so that you could rule your world. God created you with gifts and talents that you can re- use to, re- to reach specific people in specific places in specific times. You are a blessed creation of God, and God is reaching out to you. God is coming by in your life and saying to you, just like my friend said to me, come and go fish with me. I have all the tools. I have all the bait. I have all the things we need. I've rented a boat. Come and go fish with me and we will catch tiger fish. And Jesus says to us, come, repent. The kingdom of heaven, the reign of God is upon us and we need you to know how loved you are so that you can tell other people how loved they are. I looked him in the eye. He's my friend. He's my colleague. I had two and a half more weeks to spend with him in the Congo. He bunked right down the hall from me in the little house we were staying in. I had to ride in the boat with him every day. I had to sit across the dinner table from him every night. I had to do ministry with him when I got back to West Texas. He and I were going to be on the team that shared the message of the Congo when we got home. And he was calling me to fish. I didn't want to catch a tiger fish. And I didn't want to go out on that little bitty boat and fish on the big Congo River. And I didn't. I didn't. My answer was no. He had prepared all this stuff. He had bought all this equipment. He had made sure that Barry was included in the plans. And when the time came for him to include me in his plans, I said no. Is that what we do to God? God comes by us. God invites us. God tells us what's happening in our lives. God wants us to change from the people we are to the people that God wants us to become. And God expects a response from us. God expects a response from us. Do you hear me? That beach couldn't get any longer. I kept walking this way because he was coming at me. I was trying to find somewhere else I could go because I didn't want to say no. But I knew in my heart I wasn't getting in that boat with him. I knew in my heart I wasn't about to try to catch a tiger fish. God calls us, and God's coming by, and God's saying to us, come and follow me, and I will teach you to fish for people. Their response was that they left immediately. They left everything. Thing they had behind because God came by. God came by. What's your response? Mm-hmm.